Yo, homie. Is that my briefcase? Welcome to Cruising It, the podcast where we watch and discuss all of Tom Cruise's films in chronological order. I'm your host, Donovan Bruce, and with me as always is Andrew Mount. There's no good reason. There's no bad reason to live or to die. And Mason Kuzmich. What's up? Drinking Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, which Andrew's already decided he does not like. Hmm. On today's episode, we're discussing Collateral, a neo-noir thriller following Max as an L.A. cab driver who gets an unusual fare in Hitman Vincent. What'd you guys think? I love everything set in the John Wick cinematic universe, and I'm just going to assume and headcanon this to be in that. Pretty sure it's set in the Transporter universe because of that Jason Statham cameo. Well, I mean, I do like how Jason Statham was in there for just a sec, just to get my hopes up at the beginning, and then and then this movie became a very different thing. Yeah, it, I thought it was a that was interesting. That was fun. That uh, yeah, I had a good time watching it. I had an okay time watching it. Um, I had pretty high expectations coming in because the only thing that I saw is that one scene where I'm going to ruin Donovan's trivia later on. <laughs> it was a really cool scene. I didn't even put um, it in the trivia because I knew you were going to ruin it. <laughs> Tom Cruise is killing the guys that are trying to mug him. Uh, I thought that was really cool, and I was like, oh, man, it's going to be such a good movie. Um, but it ends up being a lot cheesier than that scene is. <laughs> um, so well, I it is. Uh, liked it. I liked it less than I thought I would. It is directed by Michael Mann, and I think the only thing I've seen other seen him do is Heat, which was also fairly cheesy in a lot of spots. So, mm. and a better movie than this. Sorry, Tom, but Heat was great. Tom looks really mad right now. Yeah, yeah. Just Tom, staring yeah, at us. Tom Cruise is in my house right now, watching silently us. judging us. Yes. He didn't like what we had to say about him the last all of the episodes. So. We're usually pretty complimentary of him. <laughs> we we are actually. We're, you know, we're as we, an actor. We try not to talk about the personal life too much. It's just we weren't complimentary enough, and now he's here. Hold on. He's not. He's pointing I mean, the gun at me. He is not man, happy with us so talking about this right now. Ripped right now. Oh my god! <laughs> Why did he take his shirt off for this? I don't know, but I love it. Oh my oh, god! He's running. Wait. He's running around <laughs> my house. <laughs> running around. Why is he making out with Mason right now? This oh, is just oh, a really oh, just going sensual. Oh, what is going on? We're not even oh, out of the yes, intro. Tom. Oh yeah. Not even out of the intro. What are we? What are we doing? Uh, sorry, I sorry. I was distracted going. by Tom Cruise making out with me in I, in our house. Yeah, I don't have a lot of notes about this yeah. movie, so well, I'm just really trying to trying to pump pump the time up here. Yeah. I will. I will say that while I agree with you, there are some pretty cheesy moments. I did think Tom Cruise was good. Oh, sorry. Wait just a second, guys. Let's just wait <laughs> while I give Donovan shit for the third episode in a row about his phone being on during the episode. Did Rangers you one. Oh, okay. He's, okay. <laughs> All right. Nice. <laughs> spoiler alert. Thanks for the update. Well, spoiler alert. Two weeks late. Whenever this comes out. Yeah, it was like four weeks at the rate we're going. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. A little inside baseball <laughs> about the inconsistency of our release schedule. Uh, like anyone's listening anyways. That's right, Aaron. You're going to have to wait longer <laughs> for our next episode. Has Aaron seen Collateral? Is she listening to this no, right she, now? She only listens to like... <laughs> one episode like no, every like couple months oh, that's true well we love you aaron <laughs> we do unless you're not listening to this one then you're gonna miss us saying that oh that's sad 
<laughs> we don't say that a lot. <laughs> now she's going to miss the one time that we did. Oh, um, no. Anyways, what I was saying is I thought Tom Cruise was good in this. Yeah, I, no, he's great. He, Evil Tom Cruise is I. That's what I've always said about this movie is I think Tom Cruise should play more villains because I think two of his... I don't know if necessarily better. Maybe it's just better to me because it's more unique with Lestat and Vincent in this movie. Yeah. I mean, he did great. It was uh, it was fun. He uh he I loved when he uh when he helped chew out that guy's boss. Got a little flashes of um Les Grossman in that. Well, I feel like Les Grossman is just Tom Cruise every day. Oh, I'm sure he is. Well, anyways, <laughs> on that note, let's go into get into our discussion of collateral. Max DeRocher, played by Jamie Foxx, is a meticulous Los Angeles cab driver trying to earn enough to start his own limousine business. One of the evening's fares is U.S. Justice Department prosecutor Annie Farrell. On the drive to her office, they strike up a conversation and Annie gives Max her business card. Max's next fare is Vincent, played by Tom Cruise. Apparently impressed by Max's skill at navigating through traffic, Vincent tells Max that he is in Los Angeles for one night to complete a real estate deal and offers Max $600 to drive him to several locations. Initially reluctant, as it is against regulations, Max is eventually persuaded. As Max waits at the first stop, a corpse falls onto his car. Vincent reveals himself as a hitman. The body is one of his five targets. He forces Max to hide the body in the trunk and continue driving. What a twist. So basically, this whole movie is ripping off Stuber, right? I don't know what that is. Oh, yeah, explain to me what Stuber <laughs> is, please. So right. Therefore, Stuber is ripping off this. So, you know, Dinesh from Silicon Valley... So his name no. is no. Okay. Um, <laughs> what else has he God, been in? What else has he been in? He's gonna be in a Marvel movie this year. He got really ripped. Okay. Cool. Um, Are we talking Dinesh D'Souza? No. Okay. Dinesh right. from Silicon good, Valley. Good. Anyway, so he's driving. Just pretend it's Martin Starr because you know what he looks like. Um, so he's. <laughs> Who? Oh my God. Okay. You know the teacher from Spider-Man: oh, Homecoming. My God. That was the worst example you could have given. <laughs> that like brief cameo appearance okay, of Martin Starr. Did you ever watch the League? Clearly, you haven't seen Silicon Valley. I mean, okay. I've seen the League with you. How about you? Freaks and Geeks? You know the kid <laughs> with the big episodes. glasses from Freaks and Geeks. Did you ever see Party Down? No. <laughs> you know who Jesus Martin Starr is. <laughs> I guarantee you, you know who Martin Starr is. He's been in. Oh, uh, did you ever see Knocked Up? <laughs> no. Are you fucking serious? All right. I am this, serious. This guy. Oh, yeah, I've seen him. Okay. Oh, my there God. We go. <laughs> there we go. Have we been over the fact that I am bad with actor names? I wish you had just been like, oh, yeah, that's Silicon Valley. Oh, now. I know who he is in Silicon Valley now. Oh, my okay. God. So, okay, okay. Here, I'm, this is excellent radio right now. Me Googling names and showing them. All right, this guy. You know this guy? Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know this guy? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, oh, the big sick. He was in the big sick. Um Camille the, the guy. Yeah, Camille Nanjiani. So anyway, so he's driving an Uber, right? Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Dave Batista's like a cop or something. And, <laughs> and he like, he just 
like, I think I have seen ads for this movie, actually. For the day. It looks very bad. It's a comedy. It was a bad joke that I made, and now I've been explaining it <laughs> for the last five minutes. Oh, so when you say that this movie ripped that movie off, that's actually impossible. <laughs> yes. Okay. That movie is a parody, basically, of this movie. Yeah, I mean, and movies like much. it. That could be true. They could have just watched Collateral and be like, huh, this would be funny. It could, it could be very funny, though. It's just a spiritual reboot. Yeah. No. Anyway, that was it. Was fun. Anyways, I, back to the movie at hand. Uh, no. Yeah. I just I love the way the, that they uh, dropped a building on a cab, and then and then uh, Jamie Foxx freaked out because you know a, a, a body got dropped on his cab. It's great. Yeah, that's kind of well, the that's main hot take. That's the main plot point here. <laughs> I don't know that too much else interesting. You know, a little bit of character development at the beginning. Yeah. The romantic interest between him and Jada Pinkett Smith. That may be one of the cheesier yeah. parts of the movie, because like, what are the chances that you pick up his last target earlier in the night? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that, that's, you know, I mean, that also, happens in lots of stories like this, though, right? It's like the whole, like, it has that kind of, like, destined feel to it, you know? Yeah. Also, I, there's if, a lot of uh, that in this movie, if How I Met Your Mother has taught me anything, it's that women do not want to date cab drivers. Okay. Listen, Unrealistic. How, so what is how I met are, your are mother? You, are, you, never... are you telling me that people wouldn't want to bang Ranjit? Because that's wrong. Yes. Is that the Deadpool guy? Yes. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what is even going Also, on? what is how I met your mother? Can you explain it to me? Yes, I will explain the entire plot of the nine seasons of How I Met Your okay, Mother. Okay, here. So here, it, was this, it was this movie where Dinesh right. from, uh, from, it was this TV show where Dinesh from, uh, oh my God. from uh, Silicon Valley, he, um, he was in this cab with this one guy who was uh-huh. like, hey, drive me around. I'm okay. going to assassinate people. All right. I, I think that's stupid. That was the entire show. Could you, imagine, <laughs> could you imagine like seeing a podcast talk about your favorite movie, Collateral, and you download it, and you listen to it, <laughs> and it's really, this fucking bullshit. <laughs> really my vibe. Dude. Okay. Listen, listener. Listener. It, I'm apologizing. If you are still listening, I listener, apologize to Single you. listener who like, really likes this. Listener, John and Aaron. If Collateral... <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes Scott. If Collateral... Yeah, Scott, I'm talking to you right now, Scott. If Collateral is your favorite movie, then fuck you. Aww. Find a different podcast to talk about this movie. I, I was going to say, uh, I'm sorry, but we already said we like this, and I hope you can just bear through the bullshit, because I hope we're entertaining. Shit, dude. Right, well, say, <laughs> you, had to, you had to just go right at him. I say fuck you in particular. <laughs> Let me just keep going. <laughs> cool. At the second stop, Vincent ties Max to the steering wheel. Max asks a group of young men for help, but two of them rob him and take Vincent's briefcase. Returning, Vincent kills them. He then offers to buy Max a drink at a jazz club. At the jazz club, Vincent engages the owner, Daniel, in conversation. Vincent then reveals Daniel to have been his third target. Max then pleads with Vincent to let Daniel go, causing Vincent to offer a compromise. He asks Daniel where Miles Davis learned music. Daniel states that Davis went to the Juilliard school, seemingly getting the answer correct. However, Vincent unexpectedly shoots Daniel, revealing that while Miles Davis did go to the Juilliard school for a year, he dropped out to be mentored by Charlie Parker, where Davis truly learned music. Tom Cruise, Vincent, I should say, knows his shit. Don't insult jazz in front of Vincent. I like the jazz club scene a lot, actually. It was a little fun, tense moment, I thought. Yeah. 
Um, sorry, I spaced out for a second. Are we already at the fucking? What jazz? are you? Googling? Oh, the jazz club scene. That's different from the other scene later. Yes. Yeah, I was googling <laughs> the scene, the close quarters gunplay scene where uh, uh, Vincent kills those guys that mugged oh, yeah. Tola's briefcase, and the still shot that I got uh, really shows off Tom Cruise's butt like unexpectedly. Oh, nice. well. Yeah, I see that. That's, like, that's a just, gorgeous butt. Moves everything out of the oh. way just so you can see well, yeah. Tom Cruise's <laughs> butt as well as possible. Listen, I um, didn't even notice this while I was watching, but if you really want a good shot. Of Tom Cruise's butt, watch Collateral. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that scene, uh, I don't really have anything specific to say about that scene. So, uh, did you guys have any thoughts on that scene? Oh, I'm, I'm on the scene where he was tied to the tied to the steering wheel, and yeah. then there was those people that uh, that got killed. And yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. have any thoughts on that. I don't have any thoughts whatsoever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think. I think. I Maybe think some I'll trivia leave. later. Yeah. I'll I think. Trivia. I think Donnie's yeah. probably had some trivia for it oh, later on. We'll let Donnie address the scene in his trivia. Yes. Really great sound editing. <laughs> <laughs> it what is, is sound it, editing? Okay, what's what the difference sound between editing? sound editing and sound mixing? And why do I always get these wrong at the Oscars? <laughs> sound. And which one is the one that the space movie always wins? Listen up, folks. This is important. Sound editing is the creation of sounds. Like think like the noise the lightsaber makes in Star Wars, or like the laser mm. blast stuff like that. Like the creation mm. of sounds. Sound mixing is blending the dialogue with the sound effects with the music. It's kind of like layering the two or the three together in a way that you can still hear everything. So Okay, so what you try to do when we're yelling over each other. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it that's good sound mixing is when Donnie turns Mason off when we're uh-huh. rebelling against the power uh-huh. structure of this actually, podcast. That's, uh, Fight the actually, power. actually, that's horrible sound mixing. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> because the whole point is mixing to hear all manually of us. while we're talking. <laughs> yes. Okay. So what you're saying is you're bad at this. I mean, I've never said I was good. <laughs> so good sound mixing or bad sound mixing when we all talk over each other and you can't tell what we're saying? I think that's just bad mic discipline. Okay. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's just us being bad at podcasts. Uh, anyway, so this scene is supposedly that little maneuver he does where the guy's pointing a gun at him and he manages to push it out of the way and then pull his gun from his holster and shoot both of them without getting shot is like a textbook example of whatever that close quarters maneuver is. Yeah, it's a, like basically the guy has a gun pointed at him and he has his gun in his back holster so he knocks the guy's hands away while at the same time reaching back with his other hand and then he doesn't extend and fire, he just pops two real quick into his abdomen because you don't need to aim. They so close quarters, you don't need to aim. Then he does two in the chest, one in the head to the other guy, and then comes back and finishes off that guy. Which is a, I don't know anything about shooting people, but apparently that's exactly what you're supposed to do in that situation. I mean, it is so. the first thing you learn in uh, Hitman school. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think this chair, we were talking about John Wick before, or on air. I can't even fucking remember. Uh, yeah, no, Wait, I brought up John Wick. Before. Okay, cool. Well, um, it's similar to John Wick in that, I know John Wick got praised a lot for his, it was more accurate. He wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, t- sniping headshots with a fucking pistol across the room. He was right. double tapping in the chest and then taking him out in the head after he had stopped them or whatever. And you get a lot of that here too. It's actually good gun uh, technique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I assume Tom Cruise actually learned yes. that holster thing. Cause he did. He would just do that. He yeah. must have so many fucking skills right now. <laughs> he must be like, yeah, I had to learn, you know, how to be the world's best baseball player for the baseball scene. And, and like some oh, of the skills are so random. Men. Like one day he can just like be an awesome flair bartender flipping bottles all over the place. And then he can go shoot a trick shot and pull the other the next day. It's like, no, no, Tom Cruise. I wonder is, if he keeps up with all this shit. 
Tom Cruise is literally on the Impossible Mission Force. The Mission Impossible, those are documentaries. <laughs> I mean, and he, he he's able to pull off his spy shit because everyone just thinks he's Tom Cruise, the movie star. I mean, considering how many of the shit he actually did in Fallout, it almost is a documentary at this point. Yeah. Like, soon as someday it'll yeah, be a documentary about how Tom Cruise gets himself killed. But you know, I mean, went out. Tom doing, Cruise is definitely going to die on camera. <laughs> I think right? that's what he wants. Probably. Mm-hmm. I mean. Some of the stunts Either he's been that doing he, lately have been just batty. Yeah. Like, Either that or he just that? thinks that he can't die. <laughs> that also might be true. <laughs> seems far more likely. <laughs> I'm invincible. <laughs> he's got a high enough Thetan level, he's just immortal. Uh, no, you, you, you'd be getting rid of Thetans at that point. Oh. No, but the you keep them inside of you because they keep you immortal. Uh, That's why they're called Thetans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's right, but I'll, I'll have to get back to you on that one. Yeah, exactly. I'm the Scientology expert here. <laughs> I know where our volcano god comes from. Space, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> In spaceships that look like DC-8s, but with rocket engines. And is he a volcano god? He no. dropped. He dropped frozen aliens into a volcano. That seems and like nuked volcano the volcanoes. Would do. <laughs> the volcanoes of Hawaii. Yes. Before man was here, because that was a thing that existed. Well, at the dawn of man. Oh. Which is when the alien souls came out. Listen, we should really stop talking about this and just get on (laughs) We're going to get sued. (laughs) People are going to think we're just making it up, though, because it's so dumb. Go watch that South Park episode. Don't watch South Park. (laughs) Or just Google it. Don't Google. (laughs) Anyways, Max's boss, Lenny, who has been hectoring him over the radio, tells Max his mother, Ida, called. Learning of Max's nightly visit to the hospital to see his mother, Vincent insists that Max not break his routine. At the hospital, Ida proudly tells Vincent that Max has his own limousine company, revealing Max has been lying to her. Overwhelmed, Max leaves and dumps Vincent's briefcase onto a freeway where it is destroyed by a passing truck. The information on his last two targets destroyed, Vincent coerces Max to meet drug lord Felix Reyes Torena to reobtain the information. Max, posing as Vincent, acquires the information, but Felix orders his men to kill Vincent if he does not complete the job. Going to the El Rodeo to get me that info. It's yeah. great. It's real, real hitman, meetup, target, boom, shit. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck did you just <laughs> I don't know what, like, like Mason's having a stroke right now, but uh, you've only had one beer. Are you that drunk? <laughs> Anyway, no. this is the part of the movie where it starts to get like a little bit too cheesy for me. <laughs> it feels like they've done all their cool stuff at the beginning here. And then it's like the city is like completely empty all the time. Uh, Tom Cruise is going around killing dozens of people, just uh-huh. killing cops, killing bystanders, like whatever. And uh, uh, what's it? Jamie Kennedy. Um, <laughs> Jamie Foxx. <laughs> You're thinking of a, Jackie Kennedy. That would have been a much, a much worse movie. <laughs> Famous assassin yeah. Jackie Kennedy. And I was thinking of uh, Malibu's Most Wanted. Uh. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Jamie Foxx just cannot. I feel like there's like 20, you know, just like at the hospital. There's so many opportunities where you should be able to like escape probably yeah but you did know? you see how tom cruise runs no, like, so you can't outrun tom cruise we did yes. we did all have a like a verbal reaction to seeing tom cruise running after him i believe <laughs> someone said he's like a machine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a very good runner especially oh, yeah. when he's really serious like that he literally he could probably just play robocop like without any like yeah he'd be, he'd be a good robocop he'd be a good judge dread i think if if they wanted to do another one of those i am the law Hello, Governor. I'm the law. 
God. No, that's Jason Statham. <laughs> oh, I'm Jason Statham, and I'm the Judge Judy. But I think... <laughs> <laughs> what? I am the law. Judge Dredd is a I'll support British Joe Biden comic. for some reason. <laughs> No, wait, Pete Buttigieg? I don't know, Judge Judy endorsed somebody weird. Uh, and I was like, Judge Judy has political leanings? I think it was Biden. I don't, I don't know. know. It's it's effectively Biden at this point. Anyway, sorry to That's okay. drop in with that. That's okay. Judge Didn't really Judy have knowledge. a whole lot more to say other than Tom Cruise really, he, he has a very defined running technique. And it doesn't surprise me that it stood out to people over the years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what what else is there to say about this? Uh, Jamie Foxx got a little badass moment in the in the El Rodeo talking to Felix. Uh, hey, Why, you're going uh, to want to tell that man to to take his hand off his gun. Which where did Jamie Foxx get these skills? Get these perceptive he's, he's skills. He's regaining his confidence. Yeah, he had like a little switch flipped during so, that scene where he went from being timid yeah. Max to. Basically acting like Vincent. Yeah. He threatened to he threatened to threaten to kill his mom and was that was after he threatened to kill his mom, right? Yeah. Also did not realize Felix was Javier Bardem. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. Holy shits. Are you sure about that? Hmm? Yeah. That's what it says I don't on my fucking believe you. That's what it says on Wikipedia and IMDB. I'm just as surprised as you two. Because you don't know who Javier Do you know Bardem who is. Javier Bardem is. <laughs> he does. No. He just doesn't. I mean, no actors by their this, names. This is Javier Bardem. Oh yeah, it's that hot guy. Yeah, it's that. Okay. <laughs> if you want to see his pubes, just go watch Mother. Mother. Uh, well, just his pubes, though. <laughs> Nothing else. I mean, I have Nothing seen Mother, good. so I guess I've seen his pubes. Okay. So on. <laughs> that note anything more in this section before i move on <laughs> i mean i don't know i thought i thought it was uh i thought it was good let's move on god damn it this is a <laughs> podcast all right uh, max heads with vincent to a nightclub seeking the next target target peter Lim, narcotics detective ray fanning played by mark ruffalo uncovers a connection between the three victims and reports his finding to fbi agent frank pedrosa <laughs> Pedrosa identifies the victims as witnesses in a federal grand jury, indicting Reyes Terena the following day. At the nightclub, Vincent manages to kill all of Felix's hitmen, Lim's bodyguards, and Lim, then leaves the club. Fanning rescues Max and smuggles him outside, but is killed by Vincent, who beckons Max back into the cab. I forgot Mark Ruffalo was in this movie. We know Mark Ruffalo entirely. He, he, and like, I don't remember a single thing that he does except that they just kill him off two thirds of the way through the movie. It's just like, okay, well, that he, character's whole plot line was yeah. nothing. He he pops in to uh, to like investigate uh, what's it, Ramon's Ramon's apartment. Uh, that, that's when they that's when they kind of start really investigating where where the hell this body went and trying to catch up to this guy, to Vincent, and. He's also there to kind of be be the uh, the standard. Oh, local cops can get things done. The feds are getting in the way, guy. Um, yeah, it's just weird. It's like if you were watching like Lord of the Rings and like you were following a different character other than Frodo off screen who was looking for Frodo, mm-hmm. and then halfway through the movie he finds Frodo and he's like, Frodo, I have to tell you something, and someone just shoots him in the head with an arrow. You're like, what the? Why, why was I following <laughs> that guy <laughs> wait, wait, for an hour? Like, what the fuck is happening? Wait. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking now about a, a version of Fellowship where uh, where like half of it, fifty percent of the first part of the movie, you're following Boromir for for some reason. <laughs> and you just watch I, kind of, I kind of want it. 
<laughs> but just as soon as he gets to the Council of Eldorado, he's immediately murdered. <laughs> basically. Man, what the fuck was that? Yeah. I mean, uh, he was basically just here to have that moment where there's like a brief moment of hope where you think Max is going to get away from Vincent and then all of a sudden, oh, Vincent's outside and shoots Mark mm-hmm. Ruffalo in the head. and then. Now, this club, this club scene was probably the most John Wick the movie got, I thought. This club scene was fucking wild. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of. Uh, it was well, John Wick, but not as well made. That, that's true. That's true. Well it, it was. It was very clear that uh, the actor had also spent a lot of time figuring out gun techniques. Well, yes. Um, but Tom Cruise and Keanu Reeves are actually similar in a lot of ways. Yes. In the way they approach stunts and such. So. Yes, but the, then the uh, the flip side of that is it didn't have nearly the kind of. Uh, I don't know. It was style, it, yeah. The the style, but I mean, I guess that is the best way to way to put it. Is just everything that went into the club scene in John Wick. I mean, with was John, so good. And with John this, Wick, it's like the lighting with the mm-hmm. score, and then you know, just like selective use of slow mo here and there and stuff like that. And yeah. this is just a clusterfuck of people running around screaming while people are shooting guns. And it's hilarious because it's clearly like the same thirty extras and they're just, just running like, back and forth. They're all running back and forth <laughs> screaming, running into each other. Yeah, I think and then after a few shots of that happening, you're like, why are people still in this club? <laughs> like what is happening? How yeah, could anybody still be in this room after five minutes? Yeah, didn't we I call, mean maybe we call that out to... like it was like towards the end and it's like there's still people running in multiple directions behind him. It's like after the first gunshots went out, everyone would be leaving. Yeah. How are you still there? Is the exit hard to find? Did they cover up the exit signs? Yeah. Maybe that's just supposed to emphasize how fast everything's actually happening. Like, you know, you know, in D&D, a round is only six seconds. Like, this is... We saw it play out in real time. No, we saw it character by character. This was a and d This is a and d round. This is is what that was. This is a a and d round of shooting. That's bullshit right there. (laughs) God damn it. Anyway, yeah, this is the best scene of the whole movie. It's not. It's a pretty good scene, though. I mean, aside aside from the, where where it gets ridiculous with the crowd, I yeah. I, I thought a good portion of this was still quite entertaining and pretty pretty well done. But you know, at this point, like the first thing that, like I said, the first thing that clicks in my head to compare it to is John Wick, and it only looks bad by comparison to something like that. It's like John Wick with a more charming, not really lead in this case, but. Guy shooting people. Are are you saying that Keanu's not a charming lead? Not in John Wick. <sighs> I disagree. Hard yeah, disagree. I'm thinking I'm back. Swoon. All right. As much as you make fun of the scene, I did enjoy that scene. <laughs> it's a well done scene. I'm just saying that the spoken line part of Keanu Reeves acting is not his strong point. Well, no, that, I don't think that was the point of that movie. So, which is which is fine. It's fine. You don't have to have dialogue heavy movie if you don't want to. Anyway, following their getaway, the two trade insulting summaries of each other's lives. Vincent mocks Max for his lack of ambition, while Max berates Vincent for his inability to understand other people. After a heated exchange, Max deliberately crashes a cab, but both survive and Vincent escapes. A police officer arrives. Seeing the corpse in the trunk, he tries to arrest Max. However, Max notices Vincent's open laptop, revealing that his final target is Annie. He overpowers the police officer, takes his gun, and rushes towards Annie's office building. This is one of a million points of this movie where having smartphones would ruin everything. Well, yes. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah, man, just in, if this happened in 2020, 
there are like 12 different times that he could have just called the cops. Or just like effect, like working cell phones. Because for whatever reason, cell phones in this movie universe uh, start to cut out when, when yeah. the battery gets low. Instead of, uh, instead you know, of just turning off. Yeah. So were, were smartphones not commonplace in 04? I don't remember anything. No, not yet. Okay, I think, I think that was still flip phone era. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't remember. I, got why they first, flip phones. I think yeah. I had like a, like a non-flip phone in like... 2008. See, I'm, I probably I'm, got my first smartphone in like 2009. I'm super skewed on that because I didn't get my first smartphone until way after everybody else. Mm-hmm. Somebody at this table still hasn't gotten a smartphone. I have gotten a smartphone. I went back. Oh, well, that's weird too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. I love. I had a smartphone for a bit. But it no. messes up group messages every time. Oh, okay, fine. Everyone's gonna complain about the group messaging. Whatever. Yeah, it's really inconvenient. <laughs> do I respond to you or do I respond to the group? Who are you talking to? Yeah. Was this a private message or not? Otherwise, <laughs> I'll send stuff to the group and then I'll be like, I thought of him didn't say anything. Did he? Did he respond to Mason? Like, and just Mason knows. I, I guess I could. Who can fucking say? I guess I could just include in the message sent to <laughs> <laughs> all of these people <laughs> you can reply to this message anyway. anyway um yeah so anyway smartphones in this movie would have changed things well yeah also yes. effective use of cell phones yeah also just there being people in the city it's a very empty city conveniently whenever it needs to be right not a lot of people for jamie fox i mean just be like hey that guy's trying to kill me help please yeah well well it is like the middle of the night but at the same time it's also la so i don't know what parts of la are populated and deserted i'm guessing i'm guessing la is probably similar to new york where it's kind of just crowded all the time i I know it's way less dense than new york is so yeah i mean i just know like new york like depending on where you are in new york it can get pretty empty like Times oh, Square yeah. is usually crowded all the fucking time. City that never time. sleeps. Yeah, if you're it in never sleeps. Well, I just know driving around here at 3 a.m. the roads are pretty empty. But I also we also don't live in a major city, so yeah. But yes. So I mean, it, it might not be super unrealistic that it's as empty seeming as it seems at you know 3:34 in the morning. But I don't know. I've never been to L.A., so I can't comment on. The traffic conditions of middle of the night in sure. LA. So, well, I th- also think uh, Max needs to learn to crash his car better. Well, okay, he could have learned something from watching Vanilla Sky. Hmm. I heard a podcast today reference Vanilla Sky. Actually, they use Vanilla Sky as a metaphor for things that the first time you experience them, they seem really deep and meaningful, and then when you go back to them, you're like, "Oh wait, that's bullshit." <laughs> no, that sounds about right. For me, that was um, Fight Club. No, no. Um, it was uh, um, I've drawn a blank on the movie name, but it was uh, Zach Braff and Natalie Portman. Um, oh God, fucking Garden State? State! Yeah, Garden that State. Terrible. I liked it a lot the first time I watched it, and then like the next few times I watched, it, I'm like, mm-hmm. I own that movie because it was no. recommended to me because I liked Five Hundred Days of Summer, and then I got it. I'm like, this is not good. <laughs> but I also really don't like Zach Braff. I mean, that's fair. I you don't like, like Zach Braff. I like no. Scrubs, and I think he didn't in, like him in Scrubs. I mean, I mean okay. Scrubs is okay, but I think Turk was gr- the best. Uh, well, obviously Dr. Cox is the best. Well, but, there's that too. But anyways, but this anyway. isn't the Scrubs podcast. <laughs> this is cruising it. Welcome to Scrubs in it. <laughs> Scrubs in it. God, damn. I feel really grossed out by the name Scrubs in it. <laughs> you should. You absolutely should. Anyway, what about scrubbing it? Nope, we're gonna move scrubbing on from that. It. 
uh, stealing a bystander's phone, Max uses Annie's business card to call and warn her. She is incredulous until Max reveals details about Vincent's previous victims, urging her to call 911. Vincent steals the security guard's gun and uses a fire axe to cut the power and telephone lines on Annie's floor. A tense hunt in the dark ensues. Vincent finds Annie, but is shot and wounded by Max, who escapes with Annie on foot. Vincent pursues the pair onto a metro rail train. Cornered at one end of the train, Max engages Vincent in a shootout. The subway car momentarily goes dark, the pitch darkness rendering Vincent's advantage of marksmanship useless. Vincent, fatally wounded, slumps into a seat, repeating a remark about a man dying unnoticed on a metro train and asking Max if anyone will notice before succumbing to his wound. As Max and Annie get off at the next station in the dawn of a new day, they momentarily look back to see a dead Vincent is still seated before the train pulls out to the next stop. I just want to point out that the mob boss successfully killed all of those witnesses and will definitely go free. Well, yes. Well, the thing is, in the process, created one new witness in the form of Max. That's true. Which, which yeah, may true. not be But he's enough. not a witness against the mob boss, right? Because he, I mean, I no, guess he, he, did he talk spoke to, to Felix, Felix directly. Okay. Right. If that was actually Felix. <laughs> <laughs> I think the movie wants us to believe that that was Felix. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. It's also possible this was a dream the whole time. So, so in know. terms of like cheesy, unrealistic moments, this whole... It, this whole in the dark shootout thing where they're standing like literally five feet from each other and Vincent gets shot once in the stomach and that's it. Yeah. Your marksmanship. No, they're you, both you, dead in that situation in real life. There's uh, no way you're missing at that distance. You rolled a natural one. No, you can be, the, you can <laughs> have never shot a gun before it. As long as you can figure out that when you pull the trigger, it goes boom, that person's dead. See, the thing is what you don't understand is his marksmanship is marksmanship was thrown off so much by the lack, oh, the lack of light. He actually God. shot, himself in the stomach oh okay yeah you know what i actually believe that more than fucking max taking out oh vincent. no vincent oh this is the worst i ever got it max shot an old lady like three cars down so well accidents happen though so anyway uh yeah i think that this ending sequence was the, probably the cheesiest part of the movie for me and it just had a lot of really contrived moments uh-huh. and like one is that it's you know i feel like she really easily could have not been found by tom cruise because she was in a totally different place. Mm. Um, and then, like, they make a point of him being smart enough not to just run straight out to the street, except that that's exactly what Vincent expects him to do. And there's just a lot of just, like, really contrived coincidences to make this end in a really yeah. standard, cheesy action it's movie. A lot of, it's a lot of moments where there's, like, a crossroads moment where Vincent can go one way or the other, and he sits there and calculates... Which way he would have gone and then picks right. I think that happens at least twice in this. Yeah, but, yeah. okay, so the, the way they shot the the subway th- part where they were getting on the subway trains, I thought that he got on the wrong train. Mm. And I, I don't know if that was just, I mean. Maybe that was the point. You don't know if he's on the right train or not. And then he maybe. shows up and you're like, ah. Oh, Vincent's right there. But his Except- marksmanship has dropped to zero. Uh, he shot himself in the stomach. <laughs> No, I mean, yeah. I wonder if Tom Cruise doesn't play villains because the villains always die at the end. Maybe he doesn't like being dead. Maybe. Maybe you could. You could. You could oh. His dad was alive, though. Well, yes, that was very much alive. That, he should become a recurring Bond villain then. But I mean, was Lestat also really the villain of that movie, or just the villain was Louis' feelings? I mean, Lestat was. <laughs> 
I want to call him a villain now. I feel like I probably argued the opposite in the podcast. Mm. I probably argued that like Claudio was actually the worst or something, but no, Claudio was great. I mean, he was pretty. He was pretty bad. Claudio was great. Nothing was her fault because she was a kid that was forced to do that. Yeah. But. I mean, again, I guess when you think about it, it's not. My point is when the three of them were together, Lestat didn't seem that bad, but he was certainly cast as like not the good guy. It was not the forces of good winning out at the end, right? Yeah. I mean. As far as all this goes, it was a kind of a, I guess, predictable ending for a movie that was otherwise yeah. pretty solid. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, this isn't any. And you know what? I, I liked. I liked a lot anything about right home about, but you know, it's, it's competently made a movie. I liked a lot about this last scene too. There was plenty of tension there. It was just they did have a lot of those kind of coincidental scenes where hmm, he could have gone left to right. I'm going to go right, and hey, that's the way he went. But that's just how good he is. Yeah. You can sniff him out. Seems like the DM was railroading there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to go that way. Uh, I'm going to go left. Uh, rock fall happens. <laughs> Can't go that way. Hey, <laughs> villain knows where you are. Good job. God damn it. <laughs> but that's about all I got. Well, cool. All right. Yep. Let's uh, go and get some get into some fun facts and background info about Collateral. Once upon a time, I was of the mind to lay your burden down and leave you where you stood. You believed I could. Collateral is made on a budget of $65 million and made $217.8 million in the box office. Nice. Uh, so, once again, very successful. Uh, 86% critically on Rotten Tomatoes, 84% from general audiences, 71 on Metacritic with 8.7 user score as well. So, so audience seems pretty, uh, pretty much the same or similar across the board. Yeah, and, you know, critics were positive on both both sites uh, using the Rotten Tomatoes metric a little more, but um, yeah. I think it's interesting that one of Tom Cruise's stunts here was sword fighting. Well, I forgot Japanese. to change the stunt thing in there, but he did go through. He did not know. You, know, you learn. know when somebody, when you have your gun in your back holster and somebody's trying to mug you, the textbook maneuver there is to pull out your wakizashi and kill them with that instead. They never suspect that. Anyways, in stunts he actually learned for this movie, he did go through gun training and learned, you know, proper gun technique and such. Uh, also, there was running, as we discussed in the mm-hmm. dis- earlier discussion, his robotic, machine-like, terrifying running was yeah. plenty of that in here. So, um, now I believe it's Andrew's turn for his little, little checklists. Uh, it's a no on everything, right? There were two women. Were there two and women? They were, and they were named. Yeah, um, his mom Ida and, and uh, oh, his mom was yeah. in the movie. So it okay. did. It it they it never passed, spoke to each other. It though. passed one names. quarter of the Bechdel test. Yep, they didn't talk to each other. Not a bad man. Sexy lamp. Michael Mori. It's like a sexy lamp. I'm not going to say that the mom was a sexy lamp, but she's definitely just like a lamp that you want to protect, right? Yeah, and I, I think I think I mentioned this too uh, at the end of the movie when we were watching it. Um, Annie definitely does have her own particular goals separate from the uh from the main character but she's not on screen long enough for that to matter 
Yeah, it's right. off-screen uh, goals. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And I just want to say again, the goals thing is a standard that Donovan made up, which was never actually the question. No, no, was no. Being asked. Uh, and again, I'm not talking about. The, I'm talking about the Makamori, like having her own character arc. She does have yeah. her own things that she wants. She's just not on screen enough for it to be reasonably called an arc. Right. Yes. Yeah. She doesn't have any like character change. Yes. If this was a to the end of the movie. If this was a wider scope movie where you got everybody's story, maybe, but. Hmm. I think she's on screen for Ooh, like. Have Paul Thomas Anderson recreate this movie? Oh, It'd be so long. <laughs> it would be like three hours long. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I have more questions to ask. Yes, you do. <laughs> uh, you got two more. I don't like these two questions anymore. Unsung heroes. Almost okay. <laughs> <laughs> answered, Louise. Unsung heroes. Whoever had to take. Uh, Vincent's we, body off the train. Yeah, to, fuck it. Okay, we don't do have it. to keep doing. I'm not <laughs> asking these two questions anymore. Give this movie a star rating. Oh, give this movie a star rating. Oh, okay. I, I wish I would have time to think about this, but I'll just give it some kind of rating. Uh, I'll give it a three out of five, which to me is, you know, you know what? No, three and a half. I'm gonna give it three and a half out of stars because this was actually a well-made movie. It was just cheesy and not like super interesting at times, but. I I I'm net positive on this movie, so three and a half, which is kind of my lowest positive score for my rating system. So, okay, yeah, I haven't really processed it through the way I would like to, but I've, the I've, I've probably yeah. How was the lighting? Did it add to the experience? Uh, I would say you? I would say it's pretty. Uh, well, you know what? They actually, good moments with the lighting. Actually, they did, and um, it's uh, or lack of lighting in certain cases. Yeah, the, especially near near the end. So you know what? That bumps it up a little bit. Um, it gets a whole star. <laughs> it it does get a whole star there for lighting. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's it's a three point five to four star, and I would need more time to actually iron all that out. Fancy. Okay. Uh, I think for me, uh, just because I'm a bummer, uh, it's probably a two and a half stars okay. for me. Uh, this is probably like as good as a movie can get, where it's still in the realm of me being like, eh, I this wouldn't be worth watching if it was just like on TV. Okay. Um, you know, I wouldn't sit down and watch this movie again. Huh? But there were good parts to it, so it's not like hot flaming garbage. That's fair. I thought I thought definitely um, Jamie Foxx and Tom Cruise played their roles very well. I, th- I thought that they were both very. I would say I would say they were interesting enough characters, and they brought a lot to it themselves to make them uh, characters that you actually cared about. What you're going to completely leave out? Oscar-winning Mark Ruffalo. Again, I forgot he was Mark in Ruffalo, this. Ruffalo, <laughs> Ruffalo, 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 Ruffalo. Um, it was also. I'm assuming he's won an Oscar. I actually don't know if he has, but it was. It was also not a good look for him. That was the worst looking Mark <laughs> Ruffalo I've ever seen. Hair slicked back and greasy. <laughs> looked more. Looked like more of a mobster than Felix did. Look, he just yeah. really cares about going to the gym and doing his laundry and getting a tan. Okay, <laughs> there's nothing wrong so with what, that. So what? He's Joseph Gordon-Levitt from Don John. Hell yeah! yeah. Exactly. Except from L.A. and not Jersey. All I care about is my job and my girlfriend and cleaning my apartment. And also figuring out who the hell killed Ramon. Yeah, who did kill Ramon? Also, Mark Ruffalo has not won an Oscar. Nope, he's got three nominations. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was wrong calling oh. him Oscar-winning Mark Ruffalo. He's <laughs> Oscar-nominated Oscar Mark Ruffalo. Nominated for Spotlight. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They knew! <laughs> they did it! Two kids! They let it happen! Two kids! That was a good scene. It was. It was a good it's movie. A scene. Anyways, Mason, I believe mm-hmm. you have a question for us as well. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Uh, recommend <laughs> recommend us a movie, y'all. Uh, what, what, what do we think? You got any movies that you'd want to watch? Invisible Man. All right. There we go. 
Hmm. It was Invisible really Man good. is really good. Not the old one, the new one. It was really good. The newest one is fantastic and definitely worth a watch. Elizabeth Moss, low key, one of our great actors of the moment. Yeah. Well, I have not actually watched a movie in a while, so I'm going to stare at my movie collection <laughs> until I find one that jumps out to me. You know what? We just talked about it. Let's go with Don John. Don John's fun. There you go. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's go. directorial debut. Scarlett Johansson looks pretty good in it. Uh, yeah, That's kind of yeah. the entire point of her character. So yeah, if you can deal with New Jersey accents, Don John's pretty solid. It is. <laughs> And then for, you know, what I would say is, you know, maybe a better version of the uh, of the assassin genre, I would say uh, John Wick. Yeah, yeah, go see John Wick. Yeah, John Wick, the French yeah. version of John, John Wick. Wick. <laughs> John Wick. <laughs> Hugh Jackman from Les Mis <laughs> killing people. <laughs> so, so it's... We, I'm thinking I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> it's Wolverine, but said in Paris. <laughs> Logan, sorry, Logan, but in northern France. Hmm. Uh, the Road. Yes. You're thinking of The Road. <laughs> yes. All right, so some trivia here. According to Michael Mann, Vincent is a man able to get in and out of anywhere without anyone recognizing or remembering him. To prepare for the movie, Tom Cruise had to make FedEx deliveries in a crowded L.A. market without anyone recognizing him. Do not know if that was successful or not. Hang on. Did he have to, or is that just a crazy challenge he gave himself? Probably, y- yes, that one. But <laughs> Michael, you I gotta know. do it, Michael. I gotta do it, and I'm the only one who can do Tom, it. Tom, or no, I'm the only Tom, one who can do it. Tom, Tom you don't you have don't to do, do that. This. You could just do the scene. Give me those packages. <laughs> Here's your package. <laughs> Was that Tom Cruise? <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, it's not. <laughs> He just has a fake mustache. Oh my god! <laughs> you know he would grow a real mustache. Well, yes. Uh, before Michael Mann was hired, Spike Lee, Martin Scorsese, and Steven Spielberg were all offered the chance to direct the movie. Scorsese and Lee both showed interest before passing on the offer. So, but Spielberg too good for this, huh? I mean, Michael Mann's a good director too. He's a lot of good directors yeah. potentially attached to this movie. Um, how, would it, how, how do we think it'd be different? What, what, what do we think they, each of them would uh, would change up? Well, Martin Scorsese's would be really long and probably have Robert De Niro in it, which we're actually <laughs> yes. going to get to in a minute because yeah. Robert <laughs> De Niro end, was considered for a role in this. Movie. At the end, okay, the okay. taxi driver would go crazy and try to assassinate a local politician. <laughs> yes. Oh, all right. <laughs> I mean, Steven Spielberg would have a John Williams score. That's the biggest change, I think. And very, Probably. very economical camera movements that always contributed to the narrative. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's a really that. good sense of space where everyone. I mean, Spike Lee would probably have... Um, a less weird, wide actors uh, well that and a, i didn't want to say it but well i mean samuel L. jackson would have been the bad guy in probably oh you know what he would have been good at that though it probably would also had a weird dance scene and the main reason i say that any sense contextually with the movie and it'd be set in a more urban setting well i mean like a more like it, it could though it could make sense it, it could make sense if he did it in like the club the where club, there was yeah, yeah. That, that would work that would work really well um but i the was main just reason, commenting on the multiple movies i've seen of spike lee where there is a dance scene that doesn't make sense yeah like uh well he's also got like that like rolling camera shot he does Jesus? that'd be kind of fun that, well okay that opens on like a 10 minute like random dance anyway. okay you pick that why not don't i talk about black klansman oh, one, of the, one of his great i movies. actually haven't seen black klansman yet i so. guess that's fair and then one of the main reasons i bring that up is i assume steven spielberg would have it a few less black actors but i mean that may also be probably case. true of scorsese too well they are very old white men so <laughs> 
It would have been. <laughs> Scorsese. What, what? What if? What if we? Uh, what if we take this out of L.A. and put it in uh, maybe Boston? And if we, <laughs> they, if, if everyone was Irish. Yeah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> on set, Jamie Foxx accidentally drove his car into Tom Cruise's. Um, Foxx was bemused to see that the crew immediately rushed to Cruise's aid first because he was the bigger star. Oh. So that's how that works. I love you, Jamie Foxx. Uh, also, according to Jamie Foxx, one night during production, Tom Cruise bought uh, In-N-Out fast food for the entire cast and crew. So nice. Little, little, fun, little fun thing there. Just one night? Um, Just one night, Tom? Well... I mean, he's not made of money, except he definitely is. <laughs> made of money. Uh, okay, now we're going to get into several um, people who could have been cast in this movie because there were a lot of them. Uh, Edward Norton was offered both roles. Uh, okay, uh, okay. I don't. I definitely don't see him as the assassin. I could see him as the cab driver, but only if he goes crazy. If he realizes that he is actually the assassin halfway through the movie. Well, okay, so it's just Fight Club, but in yeah, but, L.A. with... Yes. Okay. And he's an assassin and not, you know, a fight clubber or whatever. A, a terrorist. Anyways, tomato, tomato. Uh, Stuart Beatty, who I think was the writer, uh, wanted the studio to cast Robert De Niro as Max, once again <laughs> making him a taxi driver, though the exact opposite of Travis Bickle from Taxi Driver. Um, however, the studio refused, insisting they wanted a younger actor in the role. I'm going to say good call. Um, not, not that Robert De Niro's bad. I just... I like this way more. Well, yeah. If Scorsese had directed, it definitely would have been Robert De Niro. But Yes. Um, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. was also in the running for Max, but um, Michael Mann uh, did not want him because he had already worked with Tom Cruise on Jerry Maguire. Not really sure why that mattered. But <laughs> Show me the money, Vincent! <laughs> uh, also, the Mark Ruffalo role, Detective Fanning, was uh, originally going to be Val Kilmer. Uh, oh. But he has scheduling conflicts with uh, Alexander, so that would have been different. Also, oh, wait, so so he was cool with Val Kilmer working with Cruz again, but not Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> yes, it's a little fucked up, <laughs> a little bit. Um, also, this is interesting as well. Adam Sandler was considered for the Jamie Fox role as well. So, so hang on, this was way before something like Uncut Gems. So I'm just imagining like uh, '90s era. Waterboy-esque Adam Sandler. I mean, Jamie Foxx is also kind of considered more of a comedian than a dramatic actor, so maybe that was just kind of what they were going for. Maybe was, so. Was trying to put a com- traditionally comedic actor into a dramatic role, maybe to add a little bit, okay. of, a little bit of light humor to the dramatic role. So, I mean, I think Adam Sandler would have been a weird choice, but yeah. you know. All right, I have two casting hot takes for this. Uh-huh. Colin Farrell in either role. Oh, Colin Farrell would be great in either role. I, 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 that's not a hot take. I would, I love that. Are you reading ahead? No. Uh, oh. Was he also oh. considered? I'm not there yet. <laughs> okay. uh, or Adam Sandler as uh, Vincent, I think. Adam Sandler as Vincent. Yeah. You know yeah. what? Actually, after having It'd be seen him. To see him in like a you know, serious villain role. After having seen him in Uncut Gems, I think he would probably do great with that. It may have been too early for him to do that, but. I was about to say, I was he know. capable of that in 04? What was he doing in 04? I, mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I want to I don't know if I want to say what he's, he's capable done of. He's serious stuff right? in the past. Well, yeah. Like, he's done The Wedding. And was it The Wedding Singer? Or what, well, I don't know. What, wedding wedding Singer was. And uh, was Spanglish, you know. still a comedy, but uh, Punch Truck Love definitely was good. Spanglish, I haven't seen, but I've heard good things about it. He was great in Uncut Gems. So, no, Adam Sandler's generally speaking, been pretty solid in dramatic I'm, I'm going to add Uncut Crazy Gems. Nights. I'm going to add oh, Uncut yes, Gems to my. Uh, roles. Yes. I'm going to add Uncut Gems to my recommended movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's very yeah. good. There you go. This is how I win. 
Hell yeah. Uh, let's see. We're I still disagree. going. Uh, <laughs> still got a few more actors here. Leonardo DiCaprio was considered for the role of Vincent, but he was too busy shooting The Aviator. Uh, Russell, okay. Russell Crowe also came close to playing the role of Vincent, but couldn't commit because he was preparing for Eucalyptus. It's a little on the nose. <laughs> Uh, which was with Nicole Kidman and apparently was not a good film. Never even heard of it before. Well, it um, says doomed Australian film project, so did, maybe it never oh, got made. Maybe it never got made, yeah. So uh, anyways, Colin Farrell, as you mentioned, he was offered the role of Vincent. Um, Could have done Max as well, I think. John Travolta mm-hmm. was considered for the role of Vincent as well. What? I, I, yeah, you know what? I think Colin Farrell could also have done Mark Ruffalo's role. That's true, actually. And Colin, so Colin Farrell by the prosecutor that Jamie Foxx was in love with as well. Hell yes, I would watch that movie. Colin but Farrell can do exactly, all roles. Dressed exactly the same. Give the whole Colin time. Farrell every movie role. Yeah. Do like Jack and Jill, but with Colin Farrell and like way better. So <laughs> the nutty professor, but with uh, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Yes. Um, also, this one that the actor is not super surprising, but the role that he was potentially cast for was a little weird to me. Johnny Depp was briefly considered for the role of Max. I felt hmm. like he was more of Vincent. More of a Vincent, yeah. I would um, see that. And I, I think do- I think it would have been a different take on Max if he would have gone. It did say briefly considered, so he probably yeah. wasn't seriously in the running. Um, but yeah, you are the worst cab driver I have ever heard of. <laughs> You have heard of it. <laughs> God damn it. Actually, we watched Curse of the Black Pearl. I forgot how good that movie was because of how bad the last two ones of that series was. So. Mm. Ooh, I take the second one is the best and the third one is still all right. Those aren't the last two, though. Oh, you mean the last two? I was talking two. about four and five. Oh, there were no fourth and fifth movies. I mean, there shouldn't have been. What are you talking about? <laughs> there, there, there were no fourth and fifth <laughs> Pirates movies in Bossing Say. Uh, anyways, James Newton Howard, who scored this film, recorded more than an hour of music for the film, only to have it replaced with source music and additional music by Antonio Pinto. Uh, apparently, that's a trademark of Michael Mann's films, um, which is super annoying if you're a uh, movie composer who's working with Michael Mann. Yeah. So it's kind of shitty, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming you probably still got paid, but. That's also probably frustrating. Yeah. Um, this is the only film where Tom Cruise plays a villain outside of Interview with the Vampire and Taps. Um, In Taps, was he really the villain? Tragic I mean, hero. He Tragic went, hero. He machine gunned an entire National Guard battalion. So hero. A little bit. <laughs> it was beautiful, man. It was beautiful. Um <laughs> Uh, Tom Cruise trained for three months in how to handle firearms under the supervision of the LAPD. Uh, this oh, was, so shoot the black guy. This was also the first time Cruise had ever worked with live rounds. So oh, okay. Hopefully not in the scene. I'm assuming that's talking about the training. <laughs> no, no. Like we talked about, uh, everyone that died in that movie is actually dead now. Hmm. Um, I believe this one's uh, talking about, this last trivia piece is talking about the club scene. Uh, they were saying how... Uh, Vincent, a train killer, was unable to shoot Max, a normal cab driver. Um, Max was firing wildly, but Vincent was using... Or, well, I guess this may have been the ending scene, too. But Max was firing wildly, but Vincent was using his signature precision shooting of two hits to the chest and one in the head. These shots hit the middle barrier in the middle of the door and hence missed Max. You can see the bullet indentions in a few of the scenes. Max just got lucky with his random firing. So I guess that's, I guess trying that to, the- that's how they're trying to explain why... Max got the better of that altercation at the end. I still maintain they both would have been dead. I don't care if there's a metal partition. At some point, the trained assassin would have got a bullet through that goddamn door and shot Max. But maybe 
but fine. <laughs> but fine. Listen, movies, man. Movies. Well, all right. That's all we have on Collateral. Uh, join us next time when we watch War of the Worlds. I'm Donovan Bruce. If you liked this episode, uh, please rate us five stars on your podcast um, listening thing of choice. I don't actually know what to call them. Radios? Sure. Your podcast radio of choice. Your particular app and or wherever you find your, uh, your um, what's it? Podcasts. Uh, podcasts. Radio your- shows. Yes. Yes. Uh, and also checked out our letterbox for our Tom Cruise movie rankings and other general movie stuff. Uh, we have a website. It's gcatsmedia.com. Don't ask me why. gcatsmedia.com. <laughs> One more time. That website is gcatsmedia.com. And uh, if you do enjoy listening to us, which I really hope you do, I understand if you don't, though. Um, Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can find our Twitter at Cruising It Pod. That's at C R U I S I N I T P O D. And you've been listening to Cruising It. Furry Plague. Oh, wait. I already talked to you about Invisible Man. I saw Invisible Man. It yeah. Was really good. Invisible Man was really good. <laughs> it was really good. I was a big fan. I like the so part good. where he's invisible. And I was like, oh, no. What's going to happen? And then stuff happened. I was like, shit. I didn't see that coming. Because uh, <laughs> uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's invisible. invisible.